0: Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling.
1: This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Oh,
2: man. It's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and 1280 The Zone. Uh, David Locke is going to join us coming up here momentarily. Of course, radio voice. Of the Utah Jazz, we'll ask you about some of the things we talked to Sam about. Um, you know, David, of course, uh, the NBA is his uh, is his uh, what I don't want to say is his life because that's not entirely true. But David follows these details very care- uh, carefully as well. And I wonder where he's at on maybe some of the best solutions. I thought he had a really good conversation with uh, Hanson Scotty the other day. So we've got uh, several things to uh, to run past David.
0: Yes, we do, and it's always a pleasure.
2: Uh, that it is, and I want to talk to him about next year and kind of what would be ideal. Something that you and I went over yesterday. Uh, if you could uh, figure out every all the difficult details in in a you know perfect world, figure out a way to proceed. Kind of what what it would uh, what it would look like. Do you think the NBA should be cognizant of the Olympics?
0: Uh, under these scenarios, uh, no, I'm not sure that that would be at the top of my priority list if I were the NBA.
2: I don't necessarily disagree, but I do feel bad, and this is something David brought up uh, with Hans Scotty. I do feel bad for guys like Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert where it's a little bit bigger of a deal. And I don't want to say that the American players don't take it so seriously because I think for the most part they do. But like Joe Ingles, for instance, this uh, team Australia has been building over the last decade and reaching heights that that country has never seen, and it's a it's a really big deal to him. So it's those players that I feel bad Four. I, I don't know if I disagree with you because there's uh, you know jobs and millions of dollars at stake, and you got to prioritize. But that would stink for those guys.
0: I, and maybe since Joe has had that experience already, it's not like it's a one-time deal, but uh, it might be a last-time deal.
2: But they you know? got to the FIFA. Australia got to the semifinals in FIFA this last time. Is that right, Austin? Am I remembering that correctly? And that was just a huge deal to those guys. And they lost to Rudy. If I'm not mistaken, they lost to Team France. It was just a huge, huge like it was a huge deal. At the same time, it was a big time letdown because they had just been they've just been building toward this for a long time. If they could go to the Olympics and and make the finals, you know, and make the medal game or something like that, I think it would be a huge deal for Australian basketball.
0: Did Joe play in the last Olympics? Yes. I thought Mm
2: -hmm. he played in FIFA two years ago. He played in the Olympics four years ago. And I think he's he played in the Olympics before that, maybe even two Olympics before that.
0: Are you suggesting that uh, that uh, players from other countries feel more national camaraderie than players in America?
2: Uh, Yes, because there's fewer of them in most other countries. You know, you don't see the same players make the national team for the U.S. every time because they're the mm, all they've got, so to speak. Not all they've got. <laughs> that sounds so mean talking about it. I'm not I'm really not trying to be condescending, but there are just far more basketball players in this country. It's why, you know, when they allowed the dream team, it was kind of lame because it's like, OK, well, the U.S. is just going to win this event every why, single why, year. What
0: do you, you call that lame?
2: What, the team itself or the concept of letting those players play so they win by 60 every game?
0: Well, what difference does that make? Other other countries were allowing their professional players to play. It's not like the NBA players were a different species of alien or something. They're human beings. So why shouldn't the Americans be able to have, why shouldn't those in the U.S. be allowed to have their best players play?
2: That's not really what I'm arguing. Well that's sort
0: of what you're arguing.
2: I'm arguing that the the actual event of basketball in the Olympics has become less interesting because the games are not competitive.
0: Well, yeah,
2: but whose fault is that? I don't care whose fault it is, that's a fact. <laughs> that's, I mean, I'm not just... arguing what's fair or whose fault it is. I'm not I don't whatever.
0: I, I think each I think each country should be able to have their best best athletes compete for them.
2: Terrific. It makes the basketball games less competitive. That kind of well, stinks. Y- yeah, but I mean, okay, they can get better. But I guess that's my point. It's more difficult for these other countries to get better because, like in Australia, for instance, where's basketball on the sports rung, like tenth, twelfth? And so these guys playing uh,
0: <laughs> Australian rules football,
2: right? And rugby, and probably a bunch of other sports. Cricket's big down there. So I mean, it's not. It's different because one, they're coming from a less pop, uh, populated area where there are fewer. Athletes in general, let alone basketball players, and it's a more David versus Goliath kind of thing because Australia doesn't have a history of being great at basketball, and it has been a real building process that uh, St. Mary's University has capitalized on, interestingly enough, of of building a basketball culture in Australia, and and players like Patty Mills and and Joe Ingles have been uh, uh, Harold Baines, or not Harold Baines? Who am I thinking of? Harold Baines is a Aaron baseball player. Baines. Aaron Baines. Jeez. Harold Baines used to play for the Harold Orioles. Baines, Tim Raines, they're yeah, all different. Right. Aaron Baines, uh, they've they've really built Australia into a competitive basketball culture, and I think that means a lot to those players. And I'm not comparing it, what it would mean uh, to American players by any means, but I bet it means a lot to them.
0: Well, you're talking about two different things here. But on the one hand, you know, pick a sport that the U.S. isn't that great at.
2: Soccer. I mean.
0: Soccer or or, cross country uh, skiing, biathlon or something, or something
2: involves cross country skiing, bobsled. uh, bobsled. I mean, there's all sorts of sports that we don't care about, so so what.
0: Should other countries not send their best uh, individuals? Their Dude, best, you're getting best bogged athletes? down
2: on this argument, whether what's fair and stuff like that. I, well, I don't well, care. That's well, I, I, know, I feel that's bad what for you Joe, said. I, All
0: I know is you said that when they uh, introduced the dream team, it ruined. Uh, uh, it, it was bad for the Olympic sports.
2: It was. I didn't say it was unfair. Hmm. I didn't right. say it wasn't right to don't let them play. I'm saying that I hardly watch the basketball in the Olympics anymore because they all they do the U.S. does is win by fifty. But what I but the point of the conversation was that it means something to these Australian players and Rudy and and Team France for that matter because they they've built a, a program to a point at least with Australia where they think they could compete with the mighty U.S. for the gold, and that's saying something. Being Australia and the basketball culture that they're building down there from basically nothing. I mate. Okay. All right. So. No, uh, I just,
0: you know, it's just, okay, good. I, I, I think that's kind of, yeah, it means something because they're the underdog. But it, I think it, it's important to the uh, to the athletes from this country as well. But as far as the NBA goes, you know, obviously that's not their priority. Their priority is to do what's best for their league.
2: Yeah. And I think that will ultimately win out. Yeah. Um I I would love it if they could get the season in and done before the Olympics. I think that would be great and ideal. I just don't know. I just don't know how possible that is. And like we talked about yesterday, certainly with an 82 game season, I don't know how possible that is. When did you say the Olympics
0: are slated for now?
2: Isn't August it the first week in or first two weeks in August, I believe. Yeah. Hmm. Cuz they just bumped them back a year. That's really all they did.
0: Yeah, let's let's hope uh let's hope they can get them get them uh organized and uh, going uh, hopefully the world will be in a better in better shape by the.
2: <laughs> oh i well i hope that certainly but the olympics are going to happen one way or another have you been reading the the stories coming out of the about that in that camp i mean they're they are full go
0: yeah well well i, I don't know yeah i don't know what the world will look like at that point but uh, hopefully it'll be in a lot better shape than it is now but as far as the NBA goes, I, I, they're going to look at that. That's what they're studying. And we talked with Sam about this earlier, Sam Amick, who had written, uh, has talked about these things. But uh, it seems to me like if, if they're putting the thing together to start in January, you said target, targeting the Martin Luther King weekend. So, Jake, uh, my math isn't very good. So count that up. How, would that, how does that work out uh, vis-a-vis the Olympics?
2: um well that would be on the spot there Matt how about this Gordon several months
0: yeah I I just wonder if would, would this if the season started in January what they would be well they'd be finishing up probably around the Olympics right
2: yeah and and I that's why I'm saying I, I wish they could maybe do it sooner in fact let's talk to David about this stuff uh David Locke's appearance brought to you by the Murdoch Auto team. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special. Guest Line, T-Mobile, and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit t for online services and local store availability. The radio voice of the Utah Jazz, our good friend, David Locke. David, what's happening?
3: No, much. sorry. I'm late. I was recording a PSA for e-bikes. Oh.
2: <laughs> that story may have gotten told yesterday, Gordon. I don't know if you know that. I, I oh. hear that they can be dangerous, Gordon.
0: Yeah, they can be only when they are uh, ridden incorrectly. Apparently. So what's the? Uh,
3: I need. I need the story, Gordon.
0: So I was, get me on my. This is Karma's going to get me on my mountain bike before I'm done because of this. But I'd like the story anyway. So I was riding my e bike with my wife. She was on hers, and uh, I'm usually very careful on that thing because speeds can get up pretty high. But I was not wearing a helmet, and uh, because I usually go very slow. And I was coming down a hill that was rather steep. And I, I mean, I think Satan took over my body or something because I just started going really fast and I did not slow down. And uh, I don't know whether the wheel hit a rut or something. But uh, the next thing I from that point, I remember having some difficulty. And then I didn't wake up again until they were loading me from the ambulance to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't have been really making fun of you for this (laughs) then. Yeah, it was no fun. It was no fun. Oh my gosh, they left out the part. Scotty G
3: and Hans didn't tell the story about ambulance and hospital and no helmet and like oh geez, Louise. Come on. That's I got I Scotty and Hans were just making fun of you like ruthlessly. It's and that's not very nice of them.
0: Yeah, it happened about two and a half months ago, and I'm still I'm still recovering from it a little bit, but uh, feeling much better now. But uh, anyway, yeah. It so how, uh,
3: were you like seriously concussed? Uh, uh,
0: not seriously. Well, I don't know what serious means. I I didn't. I was unconscious for a while. Well, that's serious. And uh, and uh, yeah, and it. Uh, you know, oh, I'm still sorry. feeling some effects of it, but I'm much much better. And all I can say is, whether you're on your mountain bike or you, anybody out there on an e-bike, be careful on those things. Because wear uh, a helmet. Yeah, yeah, that was my fault. That was really yeah, dumb on my Yeah, wear a part. helmet. But you're my wife 30, is, you're
3: going 30 miles an
0: hour. Yeah, my yeah, I I think I was, and my wife was behind me, and she she still has. Oh God post-traumatic stress Hi. watching me uh, launch over my handlebars so, i
3: mean for all yeah. the time she tried to get rid of you and then all of a sudden you did it yourself it must have been really complicated for her emotions
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that probably is more true than i'd like to admit but uh, but anyway everybody I mean, be careful out there that's all
3: I, i'm allergic to nuts and the other day my wife um my wife went to lunch somewhere, and then she had leftovers, and I was like, hey, can I have these? And she's like, sure. And then all of a sudden, I took, like, three bites, and I was like, they're nuts in that. And then she looked up online, she's like, yeah, they actually were. Sorry. And that wasn't great. Well, reaction was fine. But I was like, that is, like, the perfect way for someone to off their spouse, right? Like, mm-hmm. accidentally sneaking the food allergy? Like, who's there to prove that you meant to do it? Like, Like, really good. I didn't think of the e-bike as the next one in line for this as the perfect route. Just get the e-bike going too fast. There you go.
0: So our program today is really educational for those who are willing to, <laughs> wanting to do harm to their loved ones. But anyway, uh, yeah, be careful. I promise
3: you it won't be the most useless conversation coming out of Salt Lake City, Utah, today.
2: Oh, oh. Uh-huh. From, from murdering spouses <laughs> to a political joke. Bam. David is breathing fire. Bringing it. Uh, how are you? <laughs> Bringing it. I'm good. And I did catch uh, your, your conversation with Hanson Scotty yesterday and, and Gordon and I were, were talking about something that you guys uh, you guys hit on, actually. But let me ask you this question, David, with we, Gordon and I were talking about the Olympics a little bit and how they could be affected. But if next season would go ideally, meaning they could work everything out and fit in the season in, in a window, what would next season look like?
3: Well, I mean, Alan Silver pretty much, I thought, came out and said that we're not stopping for the Olympics next year, right? Right, like,
0: yeah.
3: Um, and then Michelle Roberts, I believe the other day, to Sam Amick was the first one to mention February, right?
2: Yep.
3: I hadn't heard of February until now. So, um, you know, I don't know. I'm unclear on what factors – are driving the start of our next season. So the, the, the most obvious factor is the desire to have fans in the stadium and revenue, right? Like that's pretty obvious. Um, I don't think anybody wants to do a bubble again. Um, and so that's probably at 25% capacity. What's not clear to me and – is is why December 25th is different than January 15th and different than January 25th or February 15th. Now, what those things could be could be that in various cities you have to g- reach a point with control of the coronavirus that we're now allowing groups as much as 25 percent, as so 5,000 people or 4,000 people into one setting. We don't have that, right? Aaron Mendehal actually asked for us to go back the other way the other day, yesterday. So we're not we – nobody seems 32 states increased cases recently. We're not heading in the direction of that. So that might be the answer. The other one that has not been talked about a lot is that there really may have to be an entire collective bargaining agreement rebuild in this off season that, you know, if you've noticed, we've got the draft, the draft still falls under the rules and calendar of the 2019, 2020 season, even though it's going to be November of 2020 free agency is the beginning of the 2020, 2021 season. And there's a chance that we're going to have to have an entire renegotiation of the collective bargaining agreement based on the various things that have taken place before that can happen. And so nobody wants to set a start to the season because that has to take place. And I I think that might be a larger issue than is being talked about.
0: Okay, David, so larger issue. Do you think that the Players Association and Adam Silver and his lieutenants are in such a frame of mind to be able to to amicably come to some sort of conclusion in that regard?
3: So I do. Um, and maybe the issues are they don't know exactly what they're negotiating, and that's going to make it really complicated. There's, there's two ways in which deals never get done, Gordon. Uh, this is like – when I when I know that, like, when I know when I'm in negotiations on something or I'm watching negotiation and I know, like, oh, this isn't going to happen, is when both sides are right, then you're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> and when you don't really understand, when it's not transparent, what you're really negotiating is the other. And, you know, both sides are wrong. Like, it's actually pretty easy to start compromising. Or if both sides have, you know. But I think. I'm not like, you know, There, I, I don't know exactly what the collect, you know, there's an element of like, Hey, we didn't get this revenue and our TV dollars are not going to be this and we're going to need this. And, and, you know, from a player standpoint, you know, we, we can't be paying you full salaries with these projections because we only have 25% of our, our crowds. And but we don't actually know that we're going to have 25% of our crowds and we don't actually know what 25% of the crowds are. Is that 50% of our ticket revenue? Is that, of our ticket revenue with those 25%? Those things are really unclear. We did learn an important number this year that it seems as though ticket revenue is 40% of revenue. Um, And so you can start to extrapolate out a little bit on on what the cost is there. Sponsorship dollars is then another piece of that puzzle that if there's only 20% of the people seeing the homey ad that's running across the screen inside the arena, then is that worth a different amount of money than it was before? And then is that being altered? Um, and so I think when, you know, when you're dealing with these issues, it gets, it's going to, it could get super complicated.
2: David, I do want to ask you about the finals. And I thought last night's game was competitive and actually a fun game to watch. It's a shame that the Lakers have a three, one lead. Yeah. They're likely to close it out, but give me your, your take on what we're seeing and specifically what we're seeing with the heat.
3: Well, so one is uh, I said the whole time, I thought it'd be the best basketball we'd ever seen. And I think that's been true. I think the game, the basketball has been amazing. The level of energy, fight, play, um, quality of the game has been, uh, I think, has been exceptional. I know it looks different, it feels different, it doesn't have quite the same vibe. TV ratings aren't where they were, understandably, um, but I think the game has been great. From a Heat standpoint, what I thought was interesting is the thing I watch the Heat, and I think so interesting is how brilliantly smart they are, and and how and how well they value every possession and their understanding. and It's not surprising how I many close games, and then last night they weren't. Like they did a bunch of silly stuff. Kelly Linnick fouling Marcus Morris on that three-point Markeef, whichever the Morris is, on the three-point yeah. <laughs> shot. Um, the more I, um, I, you know, was really was not was not a a, a smart play. I, I thought that Miami was a little less engaged. That probably means a little more fatigued just from trying to battle the Lakers. Um, you know, usually if you're if you're making mental errors, there's a reason. And I thought I saw just a few more. You know, Duncan Robinson wasn't as good on a switch. Um, Tyler Hero wasn't as sharp on, some, on a cut. Like, they just weren't – usually their uh, Miami's my favorite team to watch in the league, um, and I watch them a lot. Um, and I love Spolster runs, great collection of out-of-bounds plays and super sets out of timeouts. And, and then they do different things defensively if you watch them closely. I think they, they've set the pattern for how people are going to guard the high, pick, and roll for the rest – for next year. Um, I can get into that if you want me to. Um, and I think that it's so I, but I just didn't think they were very sharp last night.
0: David, what did you think? Let me, the...
3: let me back up. Let me back up. One other thing I would say about last night, that, sorry, I want to put, point this uh-huh. out while not being very sharp. I actually thought they did everything they had to do to beat the Lakers and they didn't beat them, which might be a tribute to the Lakers. Like the Lakers played almost nothing in transition last night. Their half court offense really wasn't very good. And they, their defense was so great last night that they won. And, you know, give the Lakers credit. Like, that's why they're going to win the championship because they could win a game like that last night.
0: Yeah. I wanted to ask you about the switch of putting a D on Jimmy Butler and uh, Butler still was somewhat effective, but not quite as effective with uh, Anthony Davis on him.
3: Well, Jimmy Butler is doing his scoring in a different way than Jamal Murray or Donovan Mitchell or Tyler hero, or a lot of the guards we've seen in the playoffs because he's, he's not coming off the pick and launching for three or stretching the defense, right? He scored almost all of his points in the paint. And what he actually doesn't have is an off the bounce three game or much of a three point game at all. So by putting a larger player like Anthony Davis on him, you're, you really are able to uh, make things more difficult for Jimmy Butler. And the way that Jimmy, the the thing you would do to exploit that is not part of Jimmy Butler's game, right? The way you're going to go cause Anthony Davis problems is run him off a million picks and, make him play pick and roll and get them to switch out of it. And it's really not who Jimmy Butler is. So it's not something that he, he can't combat that in the same way some other people could.
2: David, uh, thanks for jumping on with this, buddy. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, when we talk to you next week, we'll have a, n- a new NBA champion. Gordon?
0: Yes, ma- yes sir. At,
3: t- at times in life, you end up in a group of people and their bad behaviors and you don't really realize how poor of the behavior they're having and you're you're associated by the group and and that is what happened to me yesterday with scotty and hands and and those two people that they brought me down to a level of of mockery and making fun of you that was inappropriate um for the knowledge of the situation and and, and i deeply apologize to you for not having enough fortitude to understand that the group i was hanging out with was a
0: was an ethically weak group uh, duly noted, uh, David, and I will say when you hang out with Scotty and Hans, you raise the, great, the group IQ by about uh, 100 points.
2: So.
3: Right. And I won't mention that thing Scotty said about you about never being in the office.
2: Good. Yeah. yeah, don't mention well, that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you, David. <laughs> See you, buddy. See you, guys. David Locke with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: Was I too harsh, my little shot there about the IQ?
2: No, 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 no. They they teased you pretty good. I don't know if it was quite as bad as David made it out to seem. I didn't think they yeah. made it that light. I, I just don't think they communicated the the severity of the situation very well, if that makes any sense.
0: Did they know about the severity of the situation? Maybe they, maybe they, had, they, they don't. Did they ignored it anyway, or were they uninformed?
2: I don't know. You tell me. I haven't uh, talked to them. Actually, I don't talk to many people about that whole thing because I don't know how much— you know HIPAA and all that. You really want people waving that about, so maybe they didn't know. I'm not sure.
0: Oh well, I I don't know. I figure I, you've I, talked I,
2: about it on the air a couple of times, and we've talked yeah. about how oh, it, it was. An was accident, uh, yeah, whatever.
0: You know, it happened. And I can't so. believe
2: it. I I mean, this is a, a absolute compliment to you. I can't believe you only missed a week of the show.
0: Yeah, I mean, really, if I'm really being serious about the whole thing, I mean, I could have died. So I mean, yeah. I, I feel pretty great. I'm pretty grateful that. I... I made it through that.
2: I I talked to you on uh, the day after, I guess, Gordon. And I, I I was so grateful to be talking to you that day, man. You I've said it a couple of times. You 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 put yourself through a a little bit of the ringer there. I Absolutely yeah. grateful to be talking yeah, to you.
0: Yeah, yeah, thankful that it uh, turned out the way it did.
1: So.
2: But anyway, I, I don't think they were as hard on you as David let on. But maybe they didn't know the severity of it. I, they didn't It's not like they played the 911 call. No, they did not do that. Like they did to a <laughs> lemma yeah. for seven straight years. Yeah, right. Uh, no, they did not do that. All right, uh, we'll get to more coming up next. We've got a great drop of the day today, so stay tuned for that. I think you're actually going to really like it, Gordon. I bet you, you know, Gordon's one-upsmanship is going to be put to the test here. I will be curious to see what Gordon's story this inspires.
1: Well, I actually have a bite from a
2: Gordon story that relates. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Oh, now this is great tease, Austin. Great tease. All right. We'll get to that coming up next. But joining us now, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And uh, we're talking about uh, guys that uh, are going through uh, a tough situation. Andrew, you know, a lot of people like to hide from ED or or not, you know, kind of skirt the subject, so to speak. And, you know, they do themselves a little bit of a disservice because there's a great treatment out there.
4: There is. And so many guys are out there struggling in silence, probably. It kind of, you know, erectile dysfunction, it comes on kind of slowly. Um, You have the occasional failure. You say, ah, that was just a fluke. And then it starts to happen a little bit more and more. You're coming up with excuses. You're taking more pills. That's the progression into the black hole. (laughs) You know, it's not a pretty situation. And eventually, the pills will stop working. Now, our treatments, whether your erectile dysfunction is severe or mild, it increases blood flow. We've seen guys uh, with their prostates fully removed that have extreme erectile dysfunction. We've seen guys that are in their 20s with just mild ED. They want to top off their drink, so to speak. And everything in between this treatment is clinically shown to open up and regrow blood vessels. It gets the spontaneity back into the relationship. There is no medication and no injections uh, that are required. And we see so many guys that come in. It's a breath of fresh air to get that blood flowing properly.
2: And you can do these treatments in a short amount of time, right, Andrew? It's not like you're going to be going into the clinic every week for the rest of your days.
4: Yeah, exactly. You do a few treatments. They're about 10 minutes apiece over two to three weeks. That's it. Most guys, they're good with that. And and many years, they're good. I read a study the other day that tested men 48 months after they had the treatments. The effects were still in place. That's pretty good. We think it lasts even longer than that, actually. Uh, So... This is a long-lasting treatment, not something that you typically have to repeat.
2: 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, and uh, call and get on the schedule now, because it's a really great time. The, there's a lot of stuff going on for free right now.
4: There is definitely hundreds of dollars uh, in value here. Call us now. Meet with our doctor for the assessment for free. This is a no-obligation screening. He'll test your blood vessels. We'll give you a little free gift that... Uh, has been very popular, produces instant results in the bedroom. I don't think I've ever seen that fail. That's free to those that call now. And keep in mind that new patients get free testosterone. So we have the erectile dysfunction completely covered. Give us a call now. We'll get that set up for you at no charge.
2: 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. More next, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone.
0: If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it?
2: Time for Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips, here on The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, brought to you by The Warehouse. Join us coming up on Friday uh, for Football Friday at the Warehouse, 2 to 6. Their new Salt Lake location, 1525 South, 300 West. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. Plus, you can come by and see Mac and Alema do their thing, and those guys uh, certainly are the best. All right, Gordon, you ready for today's drop of the the day? I think I am. I'm excited about this one. I don't know what else Austin has cooked up. But the, the original inspiration for this is pretty good. Uh, being a, a CNN consumer that you are, I'm sure you're familiar with Joe Johns, the correspondent. Oh,
0: yeah, I am not, but uh, whatever.
2: I'm not really either. He must not be, uh, you know, that big a deal. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that was a bad joke, Austin. That was a <laughs> bad joke in our ear. Uh, but uh, Joe was doing a report from the White House. Hey, uh, <laughs> do you, Austin. I hate you so much. Uh, Joe is doing a report from the White House and had a bit of a raccoon problem.
1: I don't know. Where?
2: Get! There he is.
1: Ah! Did <laughs> do it? Now, no events on the president's schedule today, and important to say, the White House. Yeah, especially from the damn. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Frickin' raccoons, man. God, again, this is the uh-huh. second time. <laughs> I the traps, not working right. Hey, man, it always comes around right about when I'm gonna go on TV. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Frickin' raccoons, man. <laughs>
1: Hey, you trying to with, do a
2: report.
0: Yeah, you don't mess with what? raccoons. They, get! they can, They'll get you. A raccoon, him, will, a raccoon will get you.
2: seen him turn around and yell, get at the raccoon. <laughs> and he, he tries to throw something yeah, at the raccoon. Yeah, what is that? I think they have traps set up, and I think it's one of the traps. God, Cause it looks like him a ta- bale of hay or something. You I hear don't... him talk about the traps later on in the in the thing, complaining about them. He's like, "Man, the tracks aren't working. Traps aren't working.
0: So, uh, uh, yeah, I, feel, I feel for him because a
1: raccoon. Have you ever? Ah! Have you ever been uh, cornered by a raccoon?
0: I've never been cornered by a raccoon.
1: Uh, they can get nasty. Gordon has, and that's what led me to this bite from years ago.
0: Raccoons generally don't climb skyscrapers.
2: <laughs> so Gordon had a raccoon story.
0: I, well, I, I don't remember. Tell what, us about it. I don't remember what that had to do with, but I do remember. On a couple of occasions, uh, when I lived in California, had uh, a bit of a raccoon problem. And uh, I remember in the middle of the night, one night, I heard a battle between a raccoon and a cat. And uh, I think the raccoon won. But it was nasty. It went after
2: it. My buddy Brandon had a, a raccoon living in his attic. <laughs> Living in his like <laughs> attic when he was a a, a poor starving student and didn't have the money to call an exterminator, so just let it live up there. They named oh, it uh, they named it Clawson because you could hear it claw at the at the ceiling from time. If he was above <gasps> you, you could hear the uh, the clawing. But yeah, they just they were just Clawson was a roomie.
1: Hmm. You have to you don't. Know, there's other ways that you can get rid of a raccoon without paying somebody.
2: Well, I don't just know. Just
1: put a, just put a trap up there, right?
2: They had like a hole in their roof, though. You know, there's who knows what was living up there. It didn't matter.
1: <laughs> it's just, uh, the, the Second Amendment could help on this one.
2: I'm just saying. Have you ever
1: had
0: birds in your
1: uh, chimney?
2: I have. Yeah. But wait a wait, hold, minute. Mm. Hold, hold the phone. I, I'm pretty sure you can't just go around shooting raccoons in the middle of the city. No, you're not in your to. In your attic, them. you can. I don't think you can. What about the baby that's living above? I don't think you can discharge a handgun nah, without.
1: That's what you think.
2: You can't shoot a raccoon in your own house? Not in the... the you can like, shoot a
1: human that breaks into your house, but you can't
2: shoot a raccoon okay, a if you live okay. in, like, Sevier County. I think you can, <laughs> but in, oh, on, in Salt Lake, I don't think you
0: can. You're sitting You're sitting in your TV den. Uh, let's say you're a 70-year-old uh, old woman or something, and a, a big old raccoon comes into your living room, and you there's no way out.
1: You have to name you, it, feed it, clothe it.
0: You can't pull out your... Uh, your handgun and uh, off the thing?
2: Uh, ah! Here, uh, this is from wildawareutah.org. Shooting any animal with a firearm within city limits is illegal in Utah. However, in rural areas, shooting a problem raccoon may be effective at preventing further damage.
0: Well, no one's. What, what, what if said raccoon is a threat to you?
2: Well, you better arm wrestle it, because I don't
0: think... Uh, <laughs> And hopefully it's not one of these raccoons. Raccoons generally don't climb skyscrapers. <laughs> I have no idea.
1: My, uh, my no brother idea. had a raccoon problem, like like nine raccoons living in a tree in his backyard. And all it took was uh, his, having a dog. And those raccoons moved right along.
2: Yeah, right that will probably help. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, I don't think you can go up there guns a blazing. I don't think that's a thing.
1: Well, I'm telling you, you ya, better, I'll you break the law just... if that raccoon's coming after my family. That's fine. You better, you better get a a big dog if you're
0: gonna because a little dog might be in trouble against a raccoon. I don't know. It, it was I, a bull about,
1: mastiff. I don't know if that's oh, as yeah, that, big that, that's as you a, can that's, go,
0: but. that's a big one. Uh but I don't know, would it would one of those ratter dogs uh, be able to handle a raccoon? I don't know.
1: What's a ratter dog? Oh, like a terrier? Yeah. Like, like, yeah.
2: Uh quick update my buddy Brandon's actually listening. He said uh Clausen <laughs> and his family escaped when the landlord replaced the roof. So there, there you, go. you go. See, there's other things you can the do. The landlord got off his duff to replace okay, the so, hole in the roof and okay, so what about chased my Clausen problem? out of there.
0: What? What about my problem when I was in California? Uh, we had uh, we had a house that was sort of a Monterey-style home that was built in like 1926 or something. Uh, and <laughs> why is that a Lord hall? I don't know. Anyway, so it was, there were these... Uh, entrances uh that were underneath the main floor uh i don't know what they were for built like i said in 26 or so so we once we had a skunk move in through uh one of the doors that had been ajar so uh we had a skunk living in our house and it would stink up the house and i didn't know what to do uh how was going to get rid of that because uh, I didn't know, you know, who wants to come face-to-face with a skunk. So one day, and they're nocturnal normally, I think. Well, one day I saw it. Uh, we had a pool, and it was out by the pool walking away. And I thought, wow, okay, that skunk is out. So I ran out and and uh, nailed the the opening shut uh, so it could move back in. But then I thought, what if it has a family in there? Wow. Uh, if it did, it was no longer a problem. But the skunk is rather formidable, too.
2: So you're asking what uh, my advice, what you should have done? And this is you in city limits in, in, in uh, some city in California? Pasadena, yeah. It was... I, well, the first thing you needed to do is grab your automatic rifle <laughs> and unload as many rounds at that skunk as you possibly can. And make it so it's loud enough that your neighbors assuredly call the police.
0: See, the thing was, we had a dog too. We
2: well, don't hit German, the dog.
0: We had a German Shepherd, so that you'd think that I don't know what would happen if a skunk came face to face with a dog. Probably,
2: it probably it would spray, spray the dog. I've spray, experienced yeah. that. But in your in your situation, you needed to grab the Uzi and you needed to <laughs> yell your name over and over again as you're unloading that pistol. Say hello on that, to my little that friend. Skunk. <laughs> see if you can get 100 rounds out before the cops show up.
0: Uh, oh, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Trying to get somebody
2: arrested. Stay tuned. More big show coming up next 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <gasps> Oh, this is a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. It's been a funny day. Gordon, uh, some Ute football news today. We uh, have not quite gotten to, and I don't know um, how groundbreaking this is, but uh, junior linebacker Sione Lund has enter- entered the transfer portal. Um, he'll file his paperwork and, and move on. Uh, as, of course, has been common, much more common with Transfer Portal, and we don't know the reason that he's moving on. But I, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised, I guess, because with the, the turnover on the defensive end, you'd, you'd think there'd be pre- plenty of opportunity to win a job. And uh, camp, uh, as Kyle Whittingham said, we played it earlier, doesn't start till Friday. So I guess I'm a, a little bit surprised that we're seeing somebody moving on.
0: Yeah, there's all kinds of possibilities in situations like that. Sometimes, you know, any number of things can arise that would uh, spend somebody like that off.
2: Yeah, and we know that uh, back in March, Coach Witt uh, suspended Sione Lunn and wide receiver Dante Banton indefinitely. He had this quote at the time. Whether they get reinstated or not will be determined at a later date or a later time, excuse me, uh, unquote. So maybe this has something to do with that where uh, didn't... Uh, reached the standards to be reinstated and is now moving on? I'm not sure.
0: Yes, uh, uh, I suspect something.
2: Right, but that, that did seem unusual. If it's, if it's one of those things where he's thinking, oh, I have a better opportunity somewhere else, that didn't make a whole lot of sense, given that you'd think there's tons of opportunity on that Utah defense. And as we talked about, though, uh, earlier in the show, Gordon, I think at this point uh, Kyle Woodingham has established uh, the benefit of the doubt when it comes to his defense, and I would guess they're going to be good again. Maybe not great like last year, one of the better defenses in the country, certainly. Um, and they played really, really well at times last year not so well at times last year too but really really well i don't know if they're going to be meet that standard but i would guess they'll still be a strength of the team
0: yeah a couple of injuries sort of hurt them toward the end there but uh, uh on the whole if that's been the tradition of that utah defense like you said and if they can replace what they lost this last year and still be a, a premier kind of uh, defense that Really causes teams problems in the Pac-12. Then good on him, man. That speaks extremely highly of that particular program. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to see it happen that way.
2: Yeah, as we discussed, it'll be, it'll be really interesting in that South race. How many games do those top three teams lose? And if they all lose to each other, it could become quite complicated, as we discovered. But
0: and, and how comforting must that be for Kyle Whittingham to know that he's got those kinds of athletes on his defense? And if he's got that kind of defense, he, they're typically going to keep him in games and give his team an opportunity to win, even if they're ironing out other replacements, uh, which that team is going to have to do.
2: Right. All right. Uh, we'll have more coming up right around the corner. But right now, let's get out of the zone phone. He's been hanging out with us all show long. He's our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic out there helping guys in the boudoir. What's going on, Andrew?
4: yes that is right jake we're helping a lot of guys with erectile dysfunction which is kind of a sensitive topic and i think the reason erectile dysfunction has such a negative stigma is that guys have to take the pill historically they have to take the pill that's a little embarrassing you know excuse me honey let me go get a glass of water now uh to eliminate that need to have to take the pill i believe takes all of the embarrassment out of erectile dysfunction you now get back to normal function. There's no pre-planning. There's no headaches the next day. And it's, it's like functioning your younger years. That is what our acoustic wave therapy does. FDA registered, Cambridge studied, very high success rate in opening up and regrowing blood vessels. So if you're feeling a little embarrassed, I can definitely relate to that. I see thousands of guys that come in feeling the same way, and when you see what these treatments can do, improving the blood flow, I'll tell you, it is a breath of fresh air.
2: Dial back the clock, man. Uh, Ponce de Leon was looking for the Fountain of Youth. He was really looking for Wasatch Medical Clinic.
4: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, I think a guy can think back to, you know, when he didn't have to stress about it, you kind of take it for granted because, you, you know, you don't even know it's a problem. And then it slowly creeps up. ED wreaks havoc on a relationship, and it typically, although I hate to say this, it typically does get worse if you do nothing about it.
2: Don't let it wreak havoc on your relationship. Don't put up with it. 801-901-8000 is the number to call, 801-901-8000, and get on that schedule because now is a good time to do it. Right, Andrew?
4: Absolutely, and last spot of the day tonight, guys, if you're struggling with erectile dysfunction, call us now. The assessment, the exam is free. The blood flow ultrasound is free. A little special gift that... Uh, I don't think I've ever seen it fail, produces instant results in the bedroom, and new patients get free testosterone for the drive and the energy, the acoustic wave, for the ED. We have got you covered.
2: 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks so much for today, guys. Appreciate it. Back at you. Stay well, buddy. Uh, That's our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Again, that number, 801-901-8000. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrap it up, a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and 1280 The Zone. Well, Gordo, are you are you gonna sign off with the show and and pop on uh, uh, Kamala v. Pence? Yes,
0: yeah, so I want to watch it and see how it goes. What time does it start?
2: Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's about to start, right?
0: Oh, really? Okay. Well, let's uh, let's hurry up, and wrap this up, so we can go see it.
2: Are you, uh, you going to do debate bingo or some sort of uh, drinking game for the vice presidential debate?
0: Well, after watching the presidential debate, and I don't drink, but I wanted to after watching that. So it's all stiff.
2: I don't know if, uh, if uh, the VP candidates, uh, well, and the VP himself, if they have enough tells to make or like enough, um, you know, things to make a drinking game fun. You know, because Trump's got all those buzzwords and stuff that he uses. So, and i, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll try to print up the bingo card. Makes it more interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: And what are yeah. what are the odds that uh, that uh, Pence or Kamala get so aggravated they try to climb the plexiglass barrier to get to the <laughs> other?
0: Now that would be some TV. I'm there. coming over there.
1: <laughs> don't make me come over. That's it, Pence. <laughs> I've had it! I'm coming over there. Oh man, like or or like a fight in hockey, they'll just (laughs) slam the other against the plexiglass. Oh yeah, perfect. In fact, maybe Gordon's all for that. Maybe they should let him
2: fist fight like hockey because it it would let him blow off some steam, and maybe the politics wouldn't be so nasty. The country would be better off, right?
0: Well, at least uh, issue a hockey stick to each one of them. Yeah, you know, to keep it. By the lectern there.
2: I'm slowly coming around uh, to your philosophy in life, Gordon. That uh, problems can be solved with a good fistfight. I'm I'm really I'm really slowly coming along. You know, I think it does relieve some pressure and prevents other bad things from happening.
0: If candidates could do that, then you'd have them at an early age in their political lives. You know, taking uh, black belt karate. You know that kind of thing. So I mean, you got to admit that would. <laughs> While it would be rather uncivilized it it would be I mean you're talking about belly laughs. I mean, can you imagine
2: that? It'd be pretty incredible. I'm coming along with you, buddy. I'm here. Let's do it <laughs> and apply it to more of of life's issues. You know everybody's shaming everybody over fist fighting over masks. I say we allow it. <laughs> I think
0: it would set a bad tone for just the rest fist of the fight world. it out.
2: We'll all feel a little better.
0: <laughs> I don't think we would. <laughs> I think all it we'll would do is spawn more fighting.
2: Exactly. Uh,
0: we don't need. We don't need more of it. No all right. Thank
2: you. All right, buddy. Well, I, I will. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: I'll check with you tomorrow. We'll see who we think won the thing.
2: Uh, we could do that
0: <laughs> if we don't fall asleep in the middle of it. We'll
2: talk to you tomorrow on the Big Show, 97.5 and twelve-eighty of yeah. the Zone.